Hey, everybody. You know, I've been thinking a lot lately about what it means to become a woman of faith, what it means to live in a way that we are pleasing to God. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please him. And Hebrews 2, verse 2, tells us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Then in Isaiah 45, 22, we are instructed, Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. Jesus alone gives and builds our faith. Our faith also comes from the word of God. Hebrews 4, 2, and 6 tells us, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Seeing, therefore, it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. And then Romans 10:17. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So we have to do more than just hear or read. We must also believe. And with real belief, comes action. Now we also know that faith comes through the Spirit. When we read 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 5, 10, and then verses 12 through 13, we are told that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Verse 10. For God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. And then verse 12 and 13. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The wisdom of man cannot develop our faith. Man's wisdom will fail. Faith can only stand on the power of God, which is given through the Word, and through the Spirit. Now, faith is also a matter of choice. Think about it. Hebrew 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And then Jesus, Jesus has so much to say. He says, have faith in God. 
He also says, it is according to our faith. It will be. He tells the woman with the issue of blood, thy faith hath made thee whole. And to the ruler whose daughter was dead, he said, only believe. We also know that there are different levels of faith. We can have no faith, little faith. We can have faith or we can have great faith. I know I really would love to have great faith. And there's a difference in these levels of faith and the gift of faith that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 12. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul names different gifts that are given. There's the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the gift of faith, the gifts of healing, the working of miracles, the gift of prophecy, the discerning of spirits, diverse kinds of tongues, and then the interpretation of tongues. The gift of faith is not the faith that we're talking about in this lesson, however, but the faith in God you have in your daily life that's determined by the choices we make each day. The things that we think, read, watch, whatever we're putting into our mind the contacts that we have with others during the day. These will dictate how much faith we have. And of course, how much time are we spending in prayer and fasting? Our faith won't grow on its own, but through our relationship with the Lord. We're going to bounce back to Numbers chapter 13 and talk a little bit. Numbers 13 says, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. That's a promise. So Moses chose twelve heads of the twelve tribes. He sent them out to check on the land to see what they were going to be facing. He didn't send them and ask them to report back if they could take the land. He only sent them out with word to see. But the 12 men returned. Two of those men remembered God's promise. The other 10 said, we can't go up against those people. They are stronger than we Caleb and Joshua spoke in agreement and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are able to overcome it. Caleb and Joshua, they were of one mind, of one accord. They had the same God. They saw the same land. They received the same promise. They saw the same giants in the land. But unlike those other ten, they had a different spirit. The difference being that the ten spies focused on themselves and their enemy. They were not focused on God and his promise. They said, we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. 
Of course, we have to wonder, what did God think about this lack of faith? Well, according to Numbers 13.32, God called it evil. He said of those ten spies, they brought up an evil report of the land. Speaking to Moses, he said, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmurs against me? God kind of took their unbelief personally. I think he had a right to. He knew their lack of faith. He knew their murmuring because of the difficulties that they saw that lay before them. And they focused on those difficulties. So God called their attitude evil because they weren't focused on him. They didn't even consider God's part in all of this. They didn't remember God's promise. But God said about Caleb, My servant Caleb, he had another spirit with him and hath followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land whereinto he went. It's all about our spirit. We have to be sure that we have the right spirit. I don't always have the right spirit. So what happened to the other ten spies? Numbers 14.37 tells us that those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land, they died by the plague before the Lord. And then in Hebrews 3.13, there's a warning given to followers of Christ about that same evil spirit. It reads, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Certainly we all struggle. We won't always have the right spirit. We won't always have the right heart. But... This is why we need to pray. Create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. Search me, O God, and see if there be any wicked thing in me. Lead me in the way. True faith requires a teachable heart, a reachable heart, a forgiving heart. Jesus actually taught the people to have faith in God. He said to them, When ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. I have been coming across so much on forgiveness and how important it is because without forgiveness, we can't have that heart and mind of Jesus. Not really. We cannot fulfill that greatest command to love our neighbor if we are full of bitterness and anger and unforgiveness. And Jesus 
he coupled faith for answered prayer with forgiveness, a pure heart towards others. In Matthew 18, Jesus instructed the people. He said, If two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. This is a powerful scripture of faith. Right in the middle of the chapter, the first part deals with offense, how we are to treat others, and how to become like a child, a spirit of humility. And then the last part deals with forgiveness and treating others rightly. We also develop in our faith when we nurture a heart of faith. And this comes from time spent in the Word of God and in prayer. We read the Word. We can even memorize those scriptures, those promises. We pray. We ask God to give us a spirit of faith, to increase our faith, to rule in our heart, to renew our mind. And we thank him expecting that he's doing this. He's already done it. And then we go out. You know how Jesus commanded his disciples. He said, go out. Well, we do that when we exercise our faith too. We practice our faith by deciding and speaking and living based upon the word of God, not on how we feel or what's going on in our life. And that can be such a challenge, but that's why it's an exercise. Exercise your faith. Practice going to the word, going to the Lord in prayer about everything. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Cast your burdens. Wait. We can slow down and we can wait for him to respond, for him to guide us in the way that we should go. And in the meantime, we speak faith, not doubt. We speak love, not hate. We practice being still, knowing that he is God. We practice looking for those little things, those little signs in each day that are an answer to prayer or just a reminder that he is God and he is in control and he is with us. Makes me think of my two daughters who whenever we're out, mostly in the summer or the fall, hiking or playing at the beach, they always seem to find little rocks or sea glass, little things just sitting out in the shape of a heart. And they always report that and show me that it's from Jesus, just wanting them to remember that they are loved that they are precious. We need that too. We need to take a break, not rush so much. 
Mark eleven twenty three reads, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. We pray and we speak and we live in a way that increases our faith, that shows a faith that does not waver, that does not doubt, a faith that steadfastly believes that what we are praying for, what we are expecting, it will happen. We pray, we live believing that it's already done. Jesus said, it is finished. You know, I was always fascinated reading in the New Testament. All the signs and the wonders, the miracles, the dead raised, the sick healed, the lame just stand up and walk. And it was always expected. There was no hesitation. There was no wavering when they said, rise up and walk. They just knew they just believed. We need that faith. We need that power in our prayer and in our life today. Oh, that we would seek the face of God every day. That we would stay so near. That we would keep our hand at the hem of his garment if we can just touch the hem of his garment. Now is the time to dig in, to learn of him, to motivate and exercise our faith. Greater things. Let's be believing him for greater things. And let's be mighty women of faith. That's all for now. I pray that you will have victory. I pray that you will remember that in every situation you are an overcomer. You are fearfully, wonderfully made. The Lord loves you. You are mightily blessed. In Jesus' name. <laughs>